The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome everyone and thank you first and foremost for being an intentional spirit and for being with us today on this show. We're definitely talking about one of my favorite subjects. Um, 25 years ago when I launched into being a new thought science of mind minister, we said all the time, change your thinking, change your life, change your thinking, change your life. And that was a great mantra and there's a lot of truth to that. But like all essence of evolution, it occurred to me that I met a number of people that changed their thoughts perhaps, but yet their energy didn't change. And through law of attraction and different things on this process called life of my own journey as well as watching other people's reflections and things they would share, it became very evident that if we change our energy, our our life will change. Our featured guest today is an expert in this field, Dimitri Moraitis, and he has written the book with his colleague, Barbara Martin, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. Welcome to our show, and thank you for being here. I've been very excited about this topic. Oh, thank you. It's a delight to be here. In that uh, space, Dimitri, um, I always love to offer our listeners a part of your path, because we we all we have people that are you know are healers and and Reiki masters and shamanic practitioners and we have people that are just starting on the path of right. wow who am I going to be in my life and all that and so I think sacred storytelling of of who you are how how your journey brought you to even your interest in writing this book I'd love right. to hear about that. Sure, and I, I definitely want to share a little bit about also Barbara's background because it's so fascinating as well. Um, like you said, you know, we all, if we're listening to the show, you, they pro- someone has probably had their spiritual awakening. Mine happened many years ago. I'd come to Los Angeles to actually pursue film and television, and things were actually going well in that direction. Um, but I was having these, um, shall we say, I used to call them at the time inspirational moments, kind of these sort of heightened moments of, I don't know what you would call it, awareness, and they would just mm-hmm. come sort of arbitrarily, and they got so strong after a while uh, that I had, which I later recognized was a spiritual awakening. I call it my Saul in the Road to Damascus moment, you know, and it completely changed my life, and um, I, I, I was still sort of involved with film, but it no longer had the driving passion as this work had. And once I realized it was the metaphysical path, uh, I I just jumped into it. And it wasn't long I started to realize it was also going to be my life path as far as even career and that type of thing. It's not always for everybody, but in my case it was. I had met Barbara not long after this awakening, and uh, she spoke with such eloquence on these subjects. And I realized, my God, not only is she talking about these things, but this is things she's experienced. I realized she was the one I wanted to study with, so we started as a, she was my teacher. And um, this was a wonderful relationship, and a lot of things unfolded. I learned a lot about myself. I had more of these type of experiences. I learned to understand what they were and where they were coming from. And, um, of course, she's this master at the aura, so it opened up a whole new world of understanding uh, how energy affects. You're talking about thinking and feeling. I mean, right now, everything we're thinking and feeling radiates an energy corresponding to the quality of our thought. So if I'm angry about something, that energy is going to show up in my aura. If I'm happy, that energy is going to show up too. 
And um, after a while, we uh, you talked about this book seemed to become, the first version of this book became extremely important to get out there. And that launched the organization, Spiritual Arts Institute. It launched my career as a teacher, which I wasn't actually really thinking teaching at that moment, more writing, um, and took us to kind of this place in time now. We just are opening up a new center in Encinitas. We've re-released this book with an updated edition, new information. And it's what's really exciting to see is from the first time we released it to now is how much more interest there is in energy spiritual energy, how much more awareness there is, how many more people are having experiences with it. So it's really like, you know, this time is really coming. I think, you know, New Thought helped launch Mind Over Matter in the entire 20th century. And I think now the 21st is going to be building on that foundation, taking it to the idea of how now energy is part of this process of transformation and I think it's going to be explored even more, you know, in the years to come. Uh, so it's exciting. Now, as far as Barbara, I have to share a few stories. She was kind of basically born seeing the aura. At age three, she started seeing it around her mother, but she didn't know what it was. Um, she just knew she was attracted to people that could see the energy, you know, that had bright colors or detracted if they were, well, some unfortunately people don't have bright colors. Uh, she was, her, her father was a Greek Orthodox priest, and one time she was four years old, and they were having a. He also built churches, so he was a brilliant man, knew like eight languages, that kind of a thing. And uh, they were inaugurating a big cathedral, and the archbishop was there, and bishops were with them. And of course, Barbara and her family was prominently there. And when it came, she's looking at his aura of the archbishop, this little four-year-old girl, and instead of seeing this beautiful energy field, she saw a menacing, dark energy field. She mm. couldn't figure out why it was this, you know was gruesome-looking energy. The bishops had these pearl luster colors, but not, not, not the archbishop. So when it came time to kiss his hand at the end of the ceremony, <laughs> little Barbara kind of screamed out in front of the congregation, you know, oh, no, I'm not kissing his hand. He's a monster. He eats children. <laughs> wow. It was the first of, you know, many spankings she got, and she learned to be quiet about those things, and at 11, she finally got some instruction from someone that could see the aura, too. And they sort of met quietly and privately, and, and Barbara didn't even know it was called that. Oh, it's, you know, and she basically said to her, you can see the aura, can't you? And she says, is that what it's called? And the woman on, in her day life, shall we say, was a, a, a theater teacher, dramatic theater. She was actually well-known and had a successful stock company in the Midwest. But she was also this hermetic scientist. And she could see their aura, her mother could see it, her grandmother could see it. It was kind of a lineage that passed down. This They had been trained in the hermetic sciences and taught Barbara the interpretation. So now she understood what, you know, what she was seeing. What, oh, the purple here means that, the pink there means that, the gray here means that. And it was kind of unlocking the understanding of what is going on in a person's consciousness. And that led to more experiences, and eventually she got further training from a very sophisticated teacher years later that was also very clairvoyant and trained her to be a, te uh, a teacher. At that time, the idea of teaching the aura was unheard of. This was before Curlian photography. Uh, but nevertheless, it turned out to be true. You know, And that started her career on there to really talk in depth about the energy field, how important it is in our life. You know, We can marvel at people like Barbara has such a skill at the aura but you don't need to see the aura to work with it. You know, you just need to work with spiritual energy and you will see the changes in your life and that will be your own validation, you know, as to the value of the work. Because the aura is flexible. It's not, it's not a fixed thing. It, it's changing with our moods and our thoughts. So we have the power to transform our auric energy. And as you said at the beginning of the show, you know, to create anything in our life, we need energy. And the place we brew that energy, we, we build it, is in the aura. So as that energy is established in the auric field, if it doesn't change by divine law, it'll show up in our life. So that's why we need to work on the aura. Positive thinking is absolutely essential. We're not going to create anything if we don't start with a positive frame of mind. But like you said, we also need to take that into an active state with the energy field so that we can actually manifest those positive things that we're, we're envisioning. And that's where the aura can help. And meditation, our, one of our big things we teach is 
you can transform your aura by through a process of meditating with divine light and then applying that light in your life. Well, I've, I, I say often on this show that I, I love the statement that Ernest Holmes made that often we're in way too much theory and not enough practice. Mm-hmm. What I love about the teaching of the aura, what I love about what you and, and Barbara are doing and and the um, excitement around this book being revised and now, you know, hitting mainstream in another level is that there's there's also simple things that 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 people don't understand. I I was that child that I didn't often um, necessarily see color, but there's also the sensing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the level of sensing someone's aura, um, either through telepathy um, scanning or in physically seeing them. But there are a couple of things that I have found interesting that I feel um, th- that people in your your audience and I, I want to hear you uh, elaborate about them is that all my life, uh, up until I understood it a number of years ago when I got into um, studying the aura, the shamanic field, the uh, universal energy field, et cetera, et cetera, and do, delving into that own healing work, certainly within me first, and that's ongoing, but then others, is that I always felt so big this big person. And so I carried that in a way that's acceptable or not acceptable in our society of talking about how much I weighed or that kind of thing. I feel so heavy. Oh my gosh, I'm just so big. And here's the thing, I'm five, five and a half and a size six. So one wouldn't measure me as big. You know what I mean? Right. right. But your energy. <laughs> you wouldn't look at me and go, you know, yeah. you ought to probably just, you know, cut back on the food. Um, but I walk through this dimension called earthly plane and I feel huge. And finally, one day I got it. I had made it physical in my life. It's not physical. It's on the energy field. Yes. I am a big energy person, but I made that distinction from what size I am in my physicalness. The other thing is that, and I've just been so excited to talk to you about these things, um, is that I live and have lived many times in neighborhoods where you're supposed to honor, you know, going 20 miles an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, cars are going 60 miles an hour, flying by me. I fill the cars long before they come. I feel like they're going to hit me and knock me on the side of the road. And that's an aura thing. That's an aura. And I think that 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 is something that often people don't, I don't know, am I missing something? Because to me, I, I like to feel that I practice being awake as best I can. And I don't know that people make the two identifications. What do you find in your teachings? Well, what you're describing is a lot of clairsentience, you know, the, the feeling, the intuitive powers. Uh, we may not always be fully awakened. You know, we all have the potential for full clairvoyance. It's just a matter of timing and training and all of that. But the, 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 the skills, the energies of it are inherent in everybody. So what we call intuition is really kind of an unconscious perceptual tuning in of these, shall we say, clairvoyant experiences. So let's say you walk into a a home and you feel immediately, wow, I love it here. And it's that you're picking up on the energy of it. Or you may walk into a place that physically is beautiful, but you just feel almost like, ooh, something spooky here. Well, it's definitely you are tuning into the energy. So in what you're describing, it sounds like, is you're very sensitive to energy. So as different dynamics are going on, because we do live in a sea of energy, um, that you're picking up on it. Now, the sensitivity is wonderful. Too many people don't listen to their intuition and they wonder why, you know, maybe things in their life aren't always going the way they want it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the same time, um, it is important to protect your aura because because sometimes the energies around us are just not that wonderful, and you don't want to absorb that into your consciousness because that'll be like 
you know, constantly taking on all the ills of the world, which is not what we want to do. So seeing yourself in golden light can help keep that protection. You know, Barbara's talk often, you know, many times she turns her clairvoyance off, you know, because it just would be too overpowering to have it on all the time. It's too much, too much energy transaction going on. So keeping kind of very solid in your own energy field, but yet remaining very sensitive so that what you need to pick up you do, that's like the best of both worlds. Uh, what we tell people is, you know, no energy can enter your aura unless somewhere you're permitting it to happen. On some level, conscious or even semi-unconscious, you know, some people are very empathic, um, but we remind people, remember the difference between, let's say, sympathy and compassion. Uh, with sympathy, you're kind of taking on the other person's ills uh, out of an act of kindness, but as Barbara would say, that's almost like now two people drowning instead of one. <laughs> right, right, <You> exactly. <laughs> I love that. I call it the difference between being a a caretaker and a caregiver. A taker takes it on. A giver enhances by the very nature of being the lighthouse rather than the rocky boat. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So the compassion is is holding from the higher nature and seeing them already perfect and pure. You're still showing kindness and love, but you're, you're helping them remember when somebody's troubled, they're forgetting their divine origins at times, and your compassion is kind of reminding them, hey, don't forget, you're still a divine being, and that has an enormous healing effect. Uh, we don't realize the attitude that we project to somebody else, even if we don't say a single word, has a tremendous impact on other people for good or for ill. If I'm thinking in my mind, boy, this person's dumb, that doesn't understand anything, you know, they're picking up on that whether I'm saying that or not. You know, the energy is being picked up. In the same way, if they say, acknowledge the divine person that you are, regardless if they're being kind or not at that moment, it's actually having a positive effect on them. So the beautiful thing about the aura is it doesn't lie. What's in the energy field is in the energy field, whether we want to recognize it or not. So the good news is, as you build up the power of your own aura, it's automatically not only going to benefit your life, but it will benefit people around you just because of the presence of the positive energy. So we don't have to always get patted on the back. It seems like we always want that gold star for a job well done. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a silent, uh, you know, it's recognized by the higher, but maybe not always recognized by people around us. But we should still, excuse me, we should still be doing those very kind acts because that's building up our aura too. Every positive thing you do in word, thought, act, or deed is building up your energy field. It's adding to you. And every disturbing thing does pull away from it. Uh, for example, anger, real anger, you know, where you really get angry at somebody, <clears throat> that can linger. One outburst of anger can linger for two weeks in the aura. That's how powerful these energies can be in us. So what I tell myself now is, you know, I don't have the luxury of an unenlightened emotion or an unenlightened thought. It's too draining on the energy field. Even if I feel I'm right to be upset or angry about something, is it really worth the time and trouble? You know, there might be other ways of dealing with this issue. Why do I have to take on that person's mistakes and all of that? I'll just let them be where they are. But I'm not. I'm going to keep my energy field where I want it to be and that, again, seems to have a positive effect not only in ourselves, but since there's no fuel for the fire, it allows the other person tends to act better because you're not acknowledging their disturbing things that they may be doing. <clears throat> it also doesn't mean, by the way, that you just let people step all over you. Sometimes we have to be very strong. If someone is trying to push into our energy field for whatever reason, say, you know, cease and desist. So we have to have those moments of great strength to say what we're permitting in and what we're not, and also, of course, the great kindness. I, I love uh, Steve Jobs' line, you know, I have to say a thousand times no to the one thing I have to say yes to. So we do stand at the door to our own consciousness, and we're going to decide what we're letting in and what we're not. And as Barbara said, do you want to be the master or the victim of your life? It's really our choice. You know, too many people look at their life in terms of what's happening to them. Oh, I have this, so life is good. Oh, I don't have that, life is bad. We, we tend to look at it that way rather than, it's the measure of our spiritual maturity is not what's going on in our life, 
but it's how we're dealing with what's going on in our life. If you take a difficult situation and you're handling it in the best way possible, then you're a success. You're a spiritual success. You're doing the things you need to do. Earth is a schoolhouse. We're here to learn our lessons. You were thrown a tough lesson and you handled it well. And that's your success. And that will show up in the energy field. It strengthens the soul. It makes builds character. It does all the things, you know, that we came to this earth to really accomplish. I love the way you simplify the process and and make it easy just to make that connection. Yeah. Um, the school, the schoolroom, and this the classroom that that we call life. If you're just coming on, I'm talking with one of the authors from the book, "Change Your Aura, Change Your Life: A Step by Step Guide to Unfolding Your Spiritual Power." You can go to their website, spiritualarts.com or spiritualarts.org and find out more about Dimitri and Barbara, these wonderful people that have offered this book to bring change and new awareness into our lives. Thank all of you for your continued support for Unity Online Radio because of you energetically, financially, of sharing your shows, your uh, MP3s that you listen to with friends and your connections. We are all over the world. We'll be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being with us today. We're talking with Dimitri Maridas. He is the co-author with Barbara Martin of the book that has been revised, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. It has a lot more new uh, and innovative and practice process type things in it. It's a beautiful book. I feel grateful to have my own copy. 
You know, one of the things within your book, Dimitri, is is the word that it's used so much interchangeably that there are many people that never try it because they aren't sure they can do it or know what it really means or they think they get it of whatever and that's the word meditating and and meditation it's kind of like the word authenticity it is as broad or as simplistic as you want to see it um when you talk about meditating with divine light three keys to working with spiritual energy um uh, share right. with our our listeners, kind of give us an overview of first of all the meditation and what it means to this well, application. It's the foundation. We tell people anybody on a spiritual path, your your primary tool is meditating. Um, it is your contact point with the higher. Meditation is a state of receiving from the higher. Prayer is a state of petitioning the higher. It's a sending out of energy. And actually what we do is a combination of both. We call them meditative prayers. So what we do is we make a a prayer request, literally to say, for example, if I feel I need more love in my life, I will make a prayer petition to down-ray the deep rose pink ray of spiritual love. The the color of love in the aura is a pink energy. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it's just love is love. Um... And um, you would actually, when you receive that energy, you would be in the meditative state. Now, you're right, and especially today's fast-paced world, some people are saying, oh, I don't have time to meditate, I can't quiet my mind, I don't... Uh, well, first of all, as far as the time factor, um, you know, we tell people, well, if meditation is your one-on-one time with God, are you telling God you don't have enough time? For God, you know, you say <laughs> right. life is too busy. <laughs> Sorry, you know? buddy, don't have time for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick you in next Tuesday at uh, twelve to twelve fifteen. How does that sound? Yeah, um, no, make make that the start of your day. We encourage people to meditate daily. You're much better off doing even a ten minute meditation every day than one big meditation, let's say on on Sunday, because the cumulative effect is going to be stronger. And when you meditate, you are doing nothing else. You're not driving, you're not riding a bicycle, you're not walking. You know, you are in the silence, you are in the oneness with the higher, you're physically still. In our meditation, we don't actually go into lotus position, we sit upright in a chair with our feet flat on the ground because you're receiving this in this way energy from the higher. And your meditation is also meant to be an experience. You are meant to get into the experience of the light so that you feel different after the meditation than when you started it. That's the whole key. Now, those three keys that you mentioned are fundamental to everything we do in our teaching and the Institute throughout the book. Um, In this particular meditation, you do tend to meditate with an intention. So let's say I decide, you know, um, I'm having trouble forgiving this person. They did something and I'm mad at them and um, I I feel like I do need to forgive so I'm going to work I'm going to choose the kind of energy rays I want to work with related to that if there's a lot of anger I may decide to work with a purifying ray the orange red flame to cut loose that anger I'll replenish my aura because it got depleted with that angry energy with the blue white fire and then I'll bring in the pink for more loving compassion and so I'll decide these things even before I actually sit in the in my meditation. Then I will actually go through what we call the six steps of meditating. I'll actually bring in the light. Uh, we primarily bring them into the chakras of the body. Uh, if the aura is the first place you make changes in your life, the chakras are going to be the first place you make changes in your aura. And we work with four very strongly. There's a chakra in the middle of the head that's very connected to your thinking. Not that's not the third eye, you know, the the brain and the eye are not the same thing. The mental center and the third eye are two separate spiritual pieces of your spiritual anatomy. But the mental center, there's another chakra point, the throat, which is our words. We have to remember when we speak, it's not just chatter. There is spiritual power moving out with our words, and they're moving in the manifestation. And then the heart chakra, we call the hermetic, is the action center. It's where we're putting things into our outer life it's where we're interacting with our life. It's the 
energetic nucleus of all of our world affairs, everything that's going on in our life. So that is relationships, career, finances, everything. And then another chakra we work strongly with is down by the navel. This is the emotional center. How interesting that in the aura there's a tremendous difference between thoughts and emotions. They work intimately together, but they're different facets of the spiritual anatomy. Uh, in the aura, thoughts are designed to give life to your th- I mean, emotions are designed to give life to your thoughts. They're the engine of our thoughts. Once you have a thought and you wed that thought to an emotion, then you're going to do something about it. Otherwise, it's just sort of staying on the mental plane. It's not really, it's just in the idea stage. It's not moving into action. To move something into action, you have to get emotionally engaged in what you're doing, and that will propel you to an action. So we'll work with the light in these centers, and also there's another chakra above our head, about two feet, that's the higher self point, where the light is actually connecting. That's a divine part of our nature. We talk a lot about the higher self. There's actual location for it in the aura, again, about two feet above the head. We bring this beautiful pink light into our aura. We get into the experience of divine love, of forgiveness, of letting things go, putting it in God's hands, all of that kind of thing. Then when we're finished, that's step two. That's key two. The third key is application. The light will not take a... When we first receive the light, it's like a gift from the divine. It's literally like something done by an act of grace. But it's not a part of us until we actually integrate it into our life. So that means, you know, I have to go out there and be forgiving. So let's say maybe I'll that day go to that person and I'll say, you know what, I want to say something to you. I've been upset about what happened, you know, two weeks ago and I haven't told you about it, but I'm I'm letting this go. I'm forgiving you for this. Whether you do it verbally or silently, but if you just get mad at them again, you're actually deflating the energy that you just brought in. So you have to be the spiritual power that you're calling on. Another example might be confidence. A lot of people are not very confident. Let's say they do need to ask for that, you know, a raise, or they need to. They want to start something, but they don't feel they can do it. Well, the energy of confidence in the aura is this brilliant, beautiful gold light. Gold is just, you can go out there and really accomplish things. So if you don't feel you have that confidence, uh, bring in that gold energy, which will bring in the awareness of that confidence. But then again, you've got to go out there and try it. Okay, but you'll find that with the light, it won't be so difficult. Whereas maybe you were trying to make these changes and they were just not happening. With the energy in your aura and the positive consciousness, the positive attitude, positive thoughts, you're going to be much more, shall we say, it's like a booster shot, much more propelled into actually living that way. And then once you actually live it, once you actually put it into action, then that energy integrates in your aura. And then it becomes a part of you. So let's say you were already a very loving, kind person, but again, maybe not very confident or outgoing. You worked with it with a gold light, so now you are more outgoing and confident, but you're also still loving. You've got both now. It's not one or the other. You can possess both. So, you know, we have to acknowledge our strengths that we already have, and we do. Some people come for the readings of the aura, and they think, oh, my God, I must have a black aura today. I got upset. You know, it's never so you know, monotone. Uh, we have many, many colors in our aura, and we need to acknowledge the beautiful ones that we have to, yes, help maybe correct some of the blemishes. And again, we're a little bit of a conundrum, right? We we have these good qualities, not so good qualities. They can be standing right next to each other. Well, that's because we're in the process of evolution. So we take the enlightened energies, and with that, we can transform some of the unenlightened, and we can't do it. You know, some people think, oh, I can never correct this fault. I can never correct that. I've been smoking for years. I'll never get rid of that habit. No, you can. these are all acquired traits, and they're not in part of your inherent spiritual nature, and they can all be changed if you have the determination to, to do it, and that's what the journey of life is about, making these you know, uplifting changes. And so when we go through various upgrades in our lives you know in other words we we now we've gone from relationships of struggle to relationships that are 
more simple and more unconditional and and those kind of things. Do we see our auras automatically changing? Is it energy before the change or change before the energy? Or is it, I'm not wanting to get into my head about it, but do you feel that the, the contemplating and the meditating with the colors themselves have a way of allowing those older vibrations that aren't affected to kind of chip away? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, many of us don't even imagine the possibilities of these wonderful things. We don't even give ourselves the imagination of it. Um, so when you give room for these things to occur, you know, the power of visualization, let's say you're having a difficult situation with somebody, even doing a, a, a visualization, seeing harmony between them, that has a tremendous positive effect regardless if that person is acting that way or not at that particular moment. You allowing that energy to establish, and and remember what energy really is. Energy is consciousness. You know, it it is, when you're calling on these power rays, you're calling on consciousness. So in the spiritual domain, consciousness is king. And where you are in your consciousness, you know, like the Bible says, where where your heart is, there is your treasure. So where you put your attention is where you're going to be building up the spiritual power. And as you do this internally, it will have an effect. Now, sure, if I'm in the mix of life and something comes up and I act in a positive way, it will have a corresponding positive effect in my aura. But I still had to think in my consciousness, I want to act this way and not that way. So there still was some seed of goodness that had to be there in order for me to act in that positive way. When, when we see people that do tremendously amazing things in their life, uh, we have to recognize the power for that already has to be there. It is, these things don't just happen. And the good thing is you can build it. You know, Barbara, Barbara's son, son, brother, was a tremendous opera singer. He was born with this beautiful voice. And she was saying, I was watching his aura as he was training, and I could see, you know, the creative energy is getting brighter and brighter. At one point, I said, you know what, he's, he's ready for a career now. The energy is so strong now, it's ready to translate into, you know, an outer expression. And lo and behold, he did start a, a really, you know, a wonderful career as an opera singer, especially in Europe. And he started a school here in the United States for opera singers. But the, even though he had the, the inborn talent, it was through the application and the building of that power that eventually it reached, shall we say, the crescendo state. So when you're studying even at school for something, it's not just about the intellectual things you're learning. You're changing facets of your consciousness so that you can become good at this. Um, you were talking about the universal life energy. That's The aura is like an individual expression of that universal life energy. The aura isn't coming from us. It's coming through us, the power of it. So if I'm a scientist... I'm going to be attracting aspects of the universal life energy that are related to my skill and what I'm trying to you know, accomplish. If I'm an artist, I'm pulling on different aspects of the universal life force. So my aura, of course, will have a different, a different look to it because I'm using the life force energy differently than, say, the scientist. So yeah, as we do different things in our life, the energies will change. Now, Parts of the aura change very slowly over time. It's not like suddenly my aura is blue and the next day it's green. Um, Some parts of it, as we're building character, can take decades to strengthen and develop. Uh, Other parts of it, yes, literally could be one color one moment, another color another, depending on my changing thoughts and emotions and things that I'm doing. So, yeah, some parts change very quickly and others change more slowly over time. Um, so, um, oh, oh, is everything okay? You know, so many people today when they dress or, uh, they're traveling, they tend to like to simplify and go with the one color, uh, which is usually black. And, um, 
uh, one of my teachers along the way many years ago brought it to my attention how, you know, black keeps energy from coming in and it keeps it from going out. I know that you talk about and you share in your book various things about dress and color. Um, give us some insight around that. Boy, that's an exciting. And that's one of the new things that we put in the book. Uh, Barbara's worked with color consultants and fashion consultants for decades. Um, but we never really put it in a book form. Uh, and, you know, we're not fashion consultants or, uh, you know, again, you know, colors that match your skin tone or seasons of the year or things like that. Uh, but it is absolutely true the colors you wear have an effect on your auric field. Um, so now in the aura, there are basically two categories of energies. There's what we call the enlightened ones that are enhancing the aura and the unenlightened ones that are sort of, you know, detracting from the aura. And as human beings, we have kind of a little bit of a mix of both, but with more enlightened than unenlightened colors. So wearing, I'm just speaking from the point of view of the aura now, wearing colors that reflect or call on, shall we say, these higher energies will have a positive effect on your life. You're funny when you said black because one time we were doing a lecture at a fashion institute and there were all these kind of, you know, advanced uh, students getting ready for their career in fashion and they were really interested to hear about, you know, what, what color meant and things like that. And when she got to the idea that, you know, black is from a point of view of the aura not the best color to wear, well, they all was silenced in the room because they were all wearing black because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was fashionable, it was cool, it was hip, you know. So we say, look, if you are monotone in your wardrobe, especially if you do have a lot of the dark colors, don't, we're not saying throughout your wardrobe, but start adding color. Start adding color to your life, and you'll be surprised at the changes. And you can add color to reflect how you feel at the moment, or you can add color to help change. Let's say I'm, I am going through a healing process. I'm, I was hurt or something physical. You know, I'll wear a, if I wear deep blue, because blue is one of the healing energies in the aura, it will help to hasten the healing process. Uh, in the same time, let's say I'm exhausted, you know, physically tired, I'm overworked, whatever it is, uh, the energy of vitality in the aura is a, is a beautiful carnation red. Well, wearing something red will help to, you know, uplift your energy field. If you go to, say, the gray or the brown or the black, it'll, it'll, it, I'm just speaking energetically now, it won't enhance that effect as far as building up your energy. Um, if you're also nervous um, or grieving, uh, people will grieve, they wear a lot of black. Well, actually, the best color to wear is purple because purple brings in a tremendous peaceful energy. It brings in... Uh, what we call the silence of peace, the peace of silence, is very good for the nervous system because what people don't realize, you know, if I work physically very hard and I use my muscles, and as long as I don't hurt them, the muscles will rejuvenate themselves the next day, but not the nervous system. The nervous system works slower than that. If I push my nervous system too far too fast, uh, I could wake up the next morning and still feel exhausted because the nerves take longer to regenerate, which is why we have to be careful if we overexert the nervous system. And purple and its cousin, the violets, can be extremely helpful in that way. Uh, when interacting with people, obviously the, the pink love is a wonderful energy. Now, some people have trouble wearing pink um, in social situations. Well, we'd recommend maybe the emerald green. Uh, wearing green is 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 brings in a balance, but it's also good in social environments to kind of help bring everybody on the same page. So starting to sort of color your world, and by the way, this can translate to colors in your home, even colors in your car. Barbara's joke is, don't buy a car from someone wearing avocado green. They'll try to cheat you. <laughs> you know, avocado green is the color of deceit, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so what about uh, cobalt blue? That's a beautiful color. Yeah, that brings in, that's almost like the royal blue. That uh, brings in almost like a devotional quality uh, to it. Yeah, the, the blues are beautiful. Now, if you, by the way, there's a color of prosperity in the aura. It's a turquoise color. 
So we recommend wearing turquoise, wearing turquoise stones and jewelry and things like that. Um, uh, but but that will help to bring you, you know, sometimes we get into this poverty consciousness and that helps you get out of that kind of poverty consciousness and thinking in more of the, the unlimited terms. You know, uh, I love Joel Goldsmith. You know, he used to say we, we too often draw chalk marks around ourselves, you know, like kids playing hopscots where they do the, mm-hmm. the, the chalk. We, we draw a chalk mark and we say, I can go no further than here. And these are imaginary lines that we've created for ourselves. Um, but the turquoise can help you get out of that limited thinking and into the more unlimited thinking. Um, so there's a whole host. Now, there are situations where either you have no choice to wear dark colors um, it's either like a uniform that you're wearing or, uh, as Barbara likes to joke, if you're going to a political rally, it may not be a best idea to wear super bright. You know, sometimes you don't want to call attention to yourself. So you can wear the darker colors in certain situations, but you would ask the light to go into the literally the clothing and, and neutralize any, you know, detrimental effect. I mean, uh, priests wear black and, and you know, the... the the uh, monks wear brown as a sign of humility. You know, in these scenarios, you know, you can still ask the light to help you, but under a lot of other circumstances, it's just a good idea to wear brighter colors. And look, we're color. That's what we don't realize. We, we see our body, we see our skin tone, but if we saw the total us with all the energies, we would see these diaphanous, beautiful colors and say, gosh, I'm a color being, so why not wear color? You know, why not reflect the colors you are? Why not let that be a more part of you? And I love all the things that you're sharing because we, we talk about it often that, you know, often the, the distinction between re- religiosity and spirituality is one is based on rules and the other is based on tools. <laughs> and You know, and so when we're looking from the premise of tools, it's like, when you think about, you know, like Stephen Covey used to say, you wouldn't just invite a bunch of people over and say, I, ha- I don't have a blueprint, I don't know what I'm going to do, but just throw together a house for me, just go at mm-hmm. it, without any kind of essence or any kind of tools that's going to give you, you know, your best opportunity or your best house, so to speak. Exactly. And, and so you're talking about very simple uh, day-to-day adjustments that you can make in your life. Um, I had so much black in my wardrobe that I didn't want to release, you know, every every piece that over, you know, a 20-year period I right. collected. But I learned that I could wear a scarf, you know, exactly. or for a guy. You can wear then a colorful tie to kind exactly. of set those things off. And it it makes all the difference in the in the world and i'm loving it now in this changing world that people um are more apt to wear more colors when it comes to going to a memorial versus everybody dressed in heavy black black. it makes such a difference in the room it does it does i mean no you're you're right sometimes the simple accent can it just gets things going in the right direction so scarves and ties and things of that nature, that can be a wonderful start. Or even sometimes in your home, if you're just hanging out, just pick something more colorful to wear so you're just used to wearing it. You know, I grew up in Chicago, and especially with those cold winters, you tend to wear the, the dark, you know, I would say gloomy colors, but that was the norm, you know. Yeah. So um, coming to California, <laughs> you know, a little more <laughs> sunny out there, but still, you know, it was... It has a positive. Now, we also even encourage lighting colored candles when you meditate. Um, <clears throat> bringing these things into your life in various facets is, you know, we're, is a big part of it. We have to, like you kind of said at the beginning of the program, you know, we have to live these spiritual principles. We can't just talk about them. We can't just think about them. You know, a truth is not really a truth until it's alive in your heart. And the only way it's alive in your heart is if you're living it. And that's the true measure of when we learn something. There's one of the most ancient teachings, you know, in patience you possess your soul. And this means we can think something like, gee, i got to be more patient. I mean, that didn't take me a, a second to think. But I may spend the next 20 years learning that one principle. 
But what we have to remember, that's 20 years well spent. Because once the soul really learns it, it's not just for a day, a week, or a month, it's for eternity. It's part of the eternal makeup of that soul. So we have to remember the themes in our life. This is one of the other chapters we went on about you know, building character and developing your, your soul. We have what's called this inner aura. There's sort of the outer aura with its shell, but there's another one kind of closer in. And this is very related to our life lesson. We all have different themes that seem to run through our life. And that's not accidental. That's part of a bigger picture of things. Some things we can learn in weeks, days, and months. Other things take decades. But those decades ones are very important because they go deep into the soul awareness and fundamentally improve us once we, we master that lesson. So for some it might be determination, others it might be faith, others it might be love. You know, we all have different lessons in our life we're meant to learn, and we just wonder, God, why does this thing keep coming back over and over again? Well, because it's one of the biggies. It's one of the, it's one of the life themes, you know, that we're working on. And that's showing up in your aura, and it brightens, that part of your aura brightens as you are literally mastering that lesson. Well, I you're just a wealth of information, and it's, it's just so great having you on our show uh, today. I want to urge everyone to go to spiritualarts.org so you can learn about the Institute. There is so much more than the conversation about the book. The book is a must-have in your library if you are into um, highlighting your own energy, uh, shifting beyond some of the day-to-day feelings into uh, giving yourself the best opportunity uh, to accelerate in whatever you're involved in. But uh, Dimitri and Barbara, they offer classes uh, they have a blog. They do consultations. You can discover your own colors. There's just so much more for you to become involved in. I'm just very grateful for the work that you and Barbara are doing and, and very grateful that your publicist brought you to us, Dimitri. Oh, I'm glad we met, too, and congratulations on the wonderful work you're doing as well. You know, it's uh, if I would like to leave somebody with a, a final thought, um, you know, um, there's no question we're in the beginning of a spiritual renaissance right now. And just remember, your spiritual awakening was not an accident. It's God knocking on your door. And by answering the call, you're, you're, you're literally, you know, being the change you want to see in the world. Uh, the Holy Ones tell us, and they don't say this just to make us feel good. They say this as a statement of fact. If one soul were missing, creation would not be complete. So remember, we're not just important to the spiritual process. We're indispensable. So the things you do really do matter. And just do your best, and it will brighten your aura, brighten your life, and things will fall into place. Oh, what a blessing, and what a gift you are. I want to thank you so much for uh, your dedication to your work out in the world, and thank you so much for being with us today on The Intentional Spirit. May you continue to be blessed on this incredible journey we call life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life. 
Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors' The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. when we think we love someone, we're actually loving what we think the other person may be able to give us. Love at its highest level demands nothing in return. Love is much more than an emotion. It is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everybody. It insists that all is good, and by refusing to see anything but good, it tends to cause that quality to appear uppermost in itself and in other things. Ask yourself, What kind of love am I radiating? Do I love with no concern about what I'll receive in return? Make the choice to love unconditionally, purely for the sake of loving. You'll become a healing, harmonizing influence on everyone and everything in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? 
Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind, Body, Spirit FM podcast network or wherever you find your podcasts. 